Welcome to the New York Rangers podcast in partnership with Inside the Rink. I'm your host, Jacob Berkowitz, and I'm alongside my co-host, Raggy, here. We'll be talking with Josh Yeo, the Pittsburgh Penguins writer of The Athletic. He'll be on to talk about the possible Penguins versus Rangers playoff matchup. But first, a quick word from our show sponsor and a special announcement from our podcast, and then we'll get right to it. And now a quick word from our show sponsor and friends of Inside the Rink, BetUS. BetUS has your NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines for the 27th year of live betting. Sign up for BETUS.com with promo code RINK for a 125% sign-up bonus. Again, use promo code RINK for your 125% sign-up bonus. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry, BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. Attention, we're here to announce the New York Rangers playoff special. There will be a podcast episode every two Rangers playoff games, and we're teaming up with Drew's Way to give away a player card every time the Rangers win. For more information, go to our Twitter page at NYPangersPod. And we're back we're with Josh Yo of The Athletic. Josh, how's it going? Good, how are you? I'm good. So obviously we want to bring you on, talk about the obvious, you know, Pittsburgh Penguins versus Rangers likely playoff matchup. So from the Penguins perspective, how's your season been going roughly? Like take us through that. Well, you know, the first four or five months of the season for the Penguins was really good. Um, you know, that they dealt like so many other teams, they had a lot of guys out with COVID. Evgeny Malkin missed the first half of the season. Sidney Crosby missed about 10 or 12 games early on and still they just kept on winning. We're still one of the best teams in the East. And in general, it has been a good season. Um, but it's funny that I'm talking with the Rangers podcast because uh, the season really started to go downhill for the Penguins when they played the Rangers three times in the course of what, two weeks. Yeah. And the, the Rangers really embarrassed them in, at the garden twice and also won a tight game in Pittsburgh and, from that point on, the Penguins, frankly, have not played as well. And, um, you know, they're going to make the playoffs, obviously. They've already clinched a spot. They're still formidable, but um, they, they theoretically could play the Rangers, Florida Panthers, or Carolina Hurricanes in the first round. And they're going to be the underdog no matter who they play. And that's not something that I've often said during the uh, Crosby era, but that, that's, that's just reality right now. The East is absolutely loaded. And the Penguins are a good team, but there's a lot of great teams in the East, and that might be their problem. Um, so basically, I mean, yeah, obviously for the Rangers, one of the tall points was is that coming into this, we know like we've been the Pittsburgh Penguins now multiple times, um, especially after the trade deadline. The Rangers have just their 5v5 problems seemingly have somewhat gone away because uh, that was their Achilles heel, really. Uh, the PK is very strong. The power play had a rough, uh, bumpy uh, week or so a couple of weeks ago, but it seems to be coming back on track. And uh, what, what can you tell about the Pittsburgh's special teams? Because uh, I think that could be a really big factor in this possible playoff series. Uh, it's one of the Penguins' best, greatest strengths, really. Um, their penalty-killing unit has been top two most of the season. Uh, they, they were first in the league in the first couple of months on the PK. They were overtaken by Carolina. It, it hasn't been as good in the second half of the season but it's still a very good penalty killing unit for sure um and the power play with the penguins is what's really interesting uh you, you look at their power play 
I don't even know where it is right at this moment. It's top half of the league, but it's not one of the one of the top numbers in the league. However, you have to take into account that Evgeny Malkin didn't return to the lineup until mid-January. And from that point on, I believe the Penguins have had the second or third best power play in the league. So, you know, you still have Crosby and Malkin and Jake Gensel and Chris Letang and Brian Ross. That's an awful lot of firepower. The power play is still clicking. The Penguins, you know how games in the playoffs, there often aren't a lot of whistles and you know, refs just let teams play. The Penguins don't really want that. They would love to find themselves in a series where refs are calling everything because to them, uh, special teams is really one of their strengths. And, and it's kind of funny. The Rangers haven't been a great five-on-five team, I guess, for much of the year. So maybe they would like that as well. Um, but the Penguins, yeah, when special teams become more involved in a game that's generally a good thing for the penguins right that that that's a really good point because i i'm always very into that your five and five has to be really key and then the power play and the penalty kill or something that if you're good at that that's a good add-on to what you have but you really need to have a good five and five but teams like the penguins and rangers who are really good at the special teams (laughs) and are scary at it we're talking about top five in each category, at least, um, that that is something that I guess in the playoffs is a real key. So my question to you really is, what have you seen about the pace of play in the Penguins? I think I've noticed that it's slowed down compared to the past Penguins teams. And is that something that you find that is just the way they're playing? Is that like the technique of the way they like to play now? Or is that is that something that just happened over time with players getting older? No, it's a good question. And it's funny, the Penguins, they want to win with speed. That's what Mike Sullivan's system is based on. And I don't think they're necessarily slower than they were when they won the Cubs in 16 and 17. I think the rest of the league is faster now. I, I, it's just evolution, right? And and these games against the Rangers, the Rangers are a faster team. Like Penguins don't like to admit that. That's kind of, you know, hurts the ego a little bit i think the rangers are faster they're clearly faster i was there for all four of these games in person between these two teams uh they're one of the fastest teams in the league and um it's a real issue for the penguins and and also let's be honest look at the penguins best players crosby's 34 malkin's 35 chris Tag just turns 35 today they're an old team their third line center jeff carter's 37 um, when the Penguins are healthy, nine of their 18 skaters are 30 or older. So it's hard to win that speed game when you're an aging hockey team, which is what they are. So um, they still look fast against some teams, but against the Rangers, it was very clear to me the Rangers were the faster team. What do you see with the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, would be their demise in a playoff series? Well, they don't handle physicality well at all uh, the penguins are a small team and they're so much based on skill which is great but teams that have that physical element that can push them around will be a problem i would note chris Kreider as somebody who will be a problem for the penguins in a playoff series um they're just not physical in front of their net at all it has been a huge problem he's going to plant himself in front of the net and nobody's going to knock him off the puck it's just the way it is. It's it's an issue. And I, I guess the obvious one is goaltending. Uh, Casey DeSmith is a good backup, but he's a backup. And Tristan Jari, the Penguin starter, is out with a broken bone in his foot. Uh, I don't know when he'll be back. It is possible 
he could make his return at some point in the first round, but I don't think he'll be ready for the start of the series. Uh, the Penguins took their team photo the other day, and they literally had to push him in a chair across the ice. Oh, just wow. to be a photo. He can't put any pressure on his foot. I don't think he's going to be ready definitely for the start of the series, if at all. So if they play the Rangers, okay, you've got a solid backup in Casey DeSmith against the guy who's been the best goalie in hockey this season. It's a huge advantage for Pittsburgh. So um, that alone could be their demise. Right. Is there something particularly from the Rangers, besides obviously the obvious Shesterkin, who's, you know, broken so many numbers, uh, is there anyone on the Rangers besides him that you're like, every time he gets the puck, you're like, oh boy, dude, this this could be a problem. You know what's funny about the Rangers? Uh, I've watched them play a lot, and I've seen them play in person a handful of times. Um, Kreider's getting a lot of publicity, and deservedly so, because of the year he's having. Um, Panarin is the guy I've always kind of looked at as their best player, just from my point of view. I, I think he's such of a star, and and Fox is great, and she's here. When I watch the Rangers play Zibanejad to me, like the way he's played this season, when he's playing well, he just gives them a different element that is very difficult for, for teams to handle. Uh, he's the one that just jumps out at me. Every time I see them play, man, what a, like what a player. They really got this guy for Derek Broussard. Like how did that happen? Like he, just like such a star to me. He's a great player. Um, and, and that's you see, usually the Penguins, and if we're talking Penguins Rangers, the Penguins usually have such of an edge down the middle when you can go Crosby and Malkin and Jeff Carter right down the middle. Teams just can't typically match that. But Savannah Jad, not only is he, you know, a very productive player, but I think he's a lot better defensively than he gets credit for. He's just so well-rounded. And so that alone isn't going to give Crosby some massive mismatch, which is usually where the Penguins, you know, have their biggest edge. So he's the one that jumps out to me. But, you know, the Rangers, I think they're the best team in the East right now. I, I really do. I or I don't think anybody's playing better than the Rangers right now. doesn't mean they'll come out of the East. I mean, who knows? Uh, the East is unbelievable. The one team all- that terrifies me is Carolina because the Rangers' weakness, their kryptonite, is basically just an incredible shots on net with speed. And that's literally what defines Carolina. And every time they play them, it's just terrifying. I, I haven't – any other team I'm not, like, terrified of like that. And speaking yeah. of that, um, from a Rangers perspective, I don't know if this is universally what Rangers fans think, but just me personally, I know it sounds silly. Crosby's not really who I'm afraid of. It's Malkin. Is that – what do you – Well, I, <laughs> it's funny. Um Crosby's a better player at this stage. Right, exactly. Certainly. It just seems but, like there's the Rangers. Well, here's the thing. Crosby, you kind of know what you're going to get. Uh, he's going to be great. He's going to be productive. But Malkin is kind of up and down, right? But Malkin is, like, so physically gifted that, you know, yes, he, he would scare me too. Um, he, he's been up and down this season since his knee injury. Still great on the power play. But he's one of those guys who just kind of flips the switch. And when he does, he's indefensible at times, even at his age. He's just a a freakish talent. And I'll tell you a little secret for the Rangers right now about Evgeny Malkin. You don't want to make him mad. Like, he's one of those guys, like, you just let the sleeping giant sleep a little bit, right? Um, So if I were playing against Malkin in a playoff series, I wouldn't hit him after the whistle. I wouldn't get under his skin. Like he'll take some dumb penalties when he gets mad, yes. 
but um, you don't want to fire him up because when he gets irritated, uh, he can still do some really special things. And the last time the Penguins and Rangers played when Shostirkin was doing the thing when he was uh, uh, kind of taunting the Penguins a little bit, don't do that to Evgeny Malkin. I'm telling you, I, I have I have read that book many times before. You, you do that to him, uh, you're probably going to pay at some point. Also, um, regarding like, I don't know, it just seems like ever since uh, Jeff Carter came on for the Pittsburgh, it kind of seems like their third line problems ever since Benino left have were solved. Like every time, uh, I, ever since they traded for him, I saw they traded for him. I'm like, wow, this was a great, perfect third line addition, especially also playoffs. He comes in clutch. Is that kind of what you see coming into the series? Like, hey, even if the top lines match with each other with the Rangers, you see Carter, you know, taking that third line ahead? Well, that was the case until the last couple of months when he hasn't played as well. Um, He came to Pittsburgh about a year ago, and I think he scored like 13 goals in his first 21 games with the Penguins. He was great in the playoffs against the Islanders last season. Had a really good start to this season. Uh, He's been quiet the last couple of months. He's either getting old or he's the kind of guy who knows how to pace himself a little bit. Honestly, it could be either. Um, The bottom six has been an issue for the Penguins, uh, mainly because they haven't been healthy. So they've had guys in the bottom six that have had to play top six minutes. And, in fact, Saturday in Detroit was the first time all season they've had all of their forwards healthy for one game. Uh, That's how bad it has been for the Penguins. So Carter will center the third line. Um, Danton Heinen. He's not really a big-name guy. He's got 18 goals very quietly. He's been solid. He'll be the left wing on that line. I think Kasperi Kapanen will be the right wing. Uh, Kapanen has had a terrible season. He's a really difficult guy to figure out. All the talent in the world. He can really skate. Great shot. Um, He's just had his head in the clouds all season. He's been a major disappointment, but he is talented. So that's probably the third line. Uh, I think Carter could be one of the X factors in this series. The Penguins need him to score. Uh, as great as Crosby and Malkin are, you, you're not going to shut down the Rangers completely when you got a backup goalie playing. That's just the way it is. Uh, the Penguins will need offense for some other people, and I think Jeff Carter's probably a, a good place to start. He, he's been very good for the Penguins in general. But you don't see, like, meaning if I were to tell you right now that the Smith will be playing the whole first series, you think he would be able to pull it off, or it's it's game over? Yeah. I I would think it's probably game over. And I, I, I like the Smith. I, he's a good backup. He's real athletic, um, a real competitor. Uh, and I don't think he'll be rattled by the stage. He's one of those guys. He's got like kind of a quiet confidence about him. I don't think uh, standing uh, in that at Madison Square Garden in game one, I, I don't think that's going to rattle him. Um, the Penguins as a team don't really get – when you have Crosby and Malkin as your leaders and guys with all these Stanley Cup rings, they're not going to get rattled. But I, I just don't know that the Smith is physically good enough uh, to beat the Rangers four out of seven. I suspect he is not. Um, Shostirkin, he's been the best goalie in hockey this this season. I don't think there's any question about that. Now, he needs to prove he can do it in the playoffs, and that's a relevant thing. That is a different kind of pressure. But it, to me, on paper, it's such of a goaltending mismatch. When you already have a Rangers team that's playing better than the Penguins – and then you have that much of a mismatch in goal. Um, if indeed these two teams do play each other, I sure DeSmith might steal a game or two. He's not a bad goalie. Do I see him winning four times? Nah, not not really. Yeah, there's a lot of players 
on on the penguins though that can get hot and it can be very very scary I, one of them that really sticks out to me is someone i actually wanted the rangers to get is ricardo raquel mm. especially with the line he's on that allows crosby that if the rangers do focus on him that there is someone else on that line that has that that could be potentially very dangerous and you can't underlook someone like raquel who's got good puck handling and knows what he's doing on the ice and I feel like when we come to a playoff situation, the Rangers tend to underlook someone. And he's someone that I think between you and me can really, if he turns it on, be very dangerous. Do you, do you agree with that? Do you think like the fact that Raquel's coming late in the season and still working with his line possibly that he's someone that is, is not someone that they're going to underlook? Well, I'll tell you, Raquel has been a big deal for the Penguins, a big addition um, they actually got him to play with Malkin because the Penguins top line this season has been Crosby, Jake Getzel, and Brian Ross, which is one of the best lines in hockey. Well, some guys got injured and banged up and they had to move people around. So they tried Raquel with Crosby for a couple of games. The chemistry has been just off the charts. Like Raquel, not everyone, Sid's not always easy to play with. Uh, people think, oh, he scores 30 goals a year because he plays with Crosby. Like, nah, sometimes some guys just don't know how to play with Sid. And Malkin's actually easier to play with, I think. But you need Raquel, that high Raquel, IQ, no? he, oh yeah, you do. And Raquel, like Jake Gensel, for instance, is the perfect example. He's little, he's not that fast, he doesn't shoot the puck that hard, and he scores 40 goals every year. It's not just because Crosby's setting him up for tap-ins. Like he he just knows where to go. He's incredibly smart. Raquel, like we knew Raquel could score goals, right? He's got that good shot. But what I've seen from him, he really knows how to distribute the puck. He sees the ice very well, and he's not shy about going to the net either. So he has been outstanding, and it's been a great line for the Penguins. And now what that does is that allows the Penguins to move Brian Russ down to the second line with Malkin. And if Malkin has regressed in any area, uh, he's not the skater that he once was. So Mike Sullivan likes having fast guys on his wings to help him in that regard. So you got Brian Rust on the right side, Jason Zucker, who can still really fly on the left side. So it's really kind of balanced out the top six for the Penguins. But you're right about Raquel. Uh, they gave up a good bit to get him, but I'll tell you what, um, through, what, six weeks or whatever it's been, he has been quite a good addition for the Penguins. He, he's a sneaky good player. In, in regards to Shesterkin, like, the reason why I mentioned Malkin is the one place where you could beat Shesterkin, and that's if, you know, he's nice, uh, is, I don't know, it just feels for me personally is that low blocker side, um, and you have to have that perfect, snipe off the post and I feel like that's what Malkin does all day long has he been doing those type of shots uh this year or I know that's just a very random question but it's just it's just something in the back of my mind oh it's actually very observant of you Malkin always shoots to the blocker side always he's always been that way I I don't know why goalies like don't have this scouted more but uh, it's like Ovechkin with him, the red circle like dude how long does it take he loves to stand, you know, for the one-timer, kind of the opposite of Ovechkin a little bit in his office because he's left-handed. And he doesn't shoot the puck quite like Ovechkin, but he still has the great one-timer. He loves to pick that corner. He does it a lot. Um, you're absolutely right. Um, and one thing I will say, and listen, I, I think the Rangers would be the favorite in this series without question. But I will say the Rangers never really saw the Penguins full strength. Uh, Malkin missed the first game in New York. Crosby missed the second one. Um, 
Rangers are still the better team, and they still would have won those games, I think, regardless of Crosby and Malkin not playing. But when they are all together, they are a team with a much higher ceiling, and Malkin has always been the ultimate game-breaker. Like when, when he's in the mood, he can take over a game still. And, and, and Crosby, historically, is the much better player than Malkin. But Crosby doesn't take over games the way Malkin can at times. Uh, it's, he's just a, a different kind of guy. When 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 the switch flips with Malkin, he he can be terrifying, and he, he's still just such of a great natural goal scorer. So, um, yeah, it, it's it, it's something worth noting. If that is perhaps one of Shostirkin's few weaknesses or a place you can beat him on occasion, that's that's something that Malkin likes to look for. So, uh, certainly it would be an interesting matchup in that regard. Right. I mean, a bunch of Rangers fans are probably listening like, what What are you talking about? I could be wrong. It's just something <laughs> I've noticed yeah. is that you, you have to have that perfect snipe on the low glove, not low glove, high glove or low blocker. But even then, like Shesterkin's weaknesses are like other goalies, like strengths this year. That's how good it is. So yeah. it, um, I mean, listen, if Shesterkin were to, you know, not translate to playoffs, which I obviously, I see him translating to playoffs with the KHL, with everything like that. He's played a men's playoff game. He's always faced the pressure with resilience and confidence. And I don't see anything happening in that. But obviously that's a huge factor in this series in regards to Shesterkin. Now it's funny because I know we mentioned to Smith, it's just funny that the Rangers always seem to make the other goalie look like Dominic Hasek. It's comedic, but it's just hilarious to see um, in regards to the Penguins' defense, how are they holding up this season? Uh, it was a wonderful start for the Penguins' blue line. And, in fact, statistically, they're still one of the best defensive teams in the league. Uh, I can tell you, however, though, that a lot of guys on their blue line have struggled recently. Um, I'll start with Crystal Tang. He's had a really good season. He's at 67 points for the year. Um, he's the same player he's always been. He's just a... He's a genetic freak of nature. He looks at 35 the same way he did at 25. He'll make some boneheaded mistakes on occasion, but you'd rather have him on your team. He's just one of those guys. He's so gifted. And other than Latang, the best Penguins defenseman this year by far has been Mike Matheson, who is unbelievably talented. He never really put it all together in Florida. Uh, he has had his best NHL season. He's got 11 goals now. Um, he's a brilliant skater. Uh, just jumps into the play and, and is a real matchup problem for teams because of how gifted he is. Uh, however, there are issues. The Penguins' second pairing is John Marino and Marcus Pedersen. Uh, they have both really struggled recently. Pedersen has been a healthy scratch. They're both below average in front of their net. You can really push them around. They don't provide much in the way of offense. It's been a very disappointing pairing and one I'm sure the Rangers would like to take advantage of. And the biggest problem for the Penguins on the blue line has been Brian Dumoulin, uh, Chris Letang's longtime defense partner, who is one of the most steady defensive defensemen in Penguins history. He has always been so good. Uh, he's been bad this year. He, he looks a step slow. He has been a turnover machine, and in particular against the Rangers in that great forecheck they have. He has been guilty of a lot of mistakes. He has not handled them very well. Uh, keep an eye on Dumoulin when he's playing well um, and, and he and Latang are clicking as a top pairing. The Penguins are a much different team, but he has really struggled recently. Is there a certain weakness that you find in the Rangers that 
the pits that the that the Penguins could really look out for? Is there one specific thing that you feel is a strong spot on the Penguins that is really a weak spot that might be something that the Rangers really have to be careful with? You know, if you would have asked me that question two months ago, I would have told you I thought the Penguins were a much deeper team and that their fourth, third and fourth lines could probably get the better of New York. Well, I'll tell you, the Rangers made a couple of moves at the deadline that I think have made them a much more a much deeper team. So I don't really feel like they have the edge in the bottom six anymore, the Penguins. I think they're they're pretty even in that regard. Um, so, no. I, I mean, honestly, watching those three games when the Penguins and Rangers played, even the first one, the Penguins beat the Rangers 1-0 in Pittsburgh. Uh, the first time they met this season, but that was a very evenly played game. I mean, that Jari was great that game. I, I don't watch these two teams and think that there's any particular area where the Penguins have a massive advantage. I mean, I, I still think, you know, with a healthy Crosby and a healthy Malkin, the Penguins are better at center for sure. And but they're better at center again. You know, that, that's just their thing. That when you got two Hall of Famers at center, you're going to be better down the middle than most teams. Uh, that's just the way it is. But but in general, no, I, I think the Rangers are faster. I think they're more physical. And I'll tell you another thing. Uh, Mike Sullivan is a great coach, and that often does give the Penguins an edge. But the Rangers have a pretty darn good coach, too. Uh, they, they are, I think, a more diligent defensive team than they get credit for. I think early in the season there was this sense with the Rangers, they're kind of this freewheeling team that, all they do is rely on their goalie and they score a lot of goals, but I don't know. I think they've gotten a lot better defensively as the season has uh, gone on here in the last couple of months. They just look like a complete team to me that doesn't have much in the way of weaknesses. Yeah. As you mentioned regarding the Rangers defense, uh, so like specifically Andre Miller has actually taken a huge step um, this season and that's really helped solidify the second pairing. Now Truba has had his moments uh, this year offensively, he's done much better. Even defensively, he's he's basically he's never going to live up to that contract, but he's showing what you know originally why he was here from Winnipeg. Um, he's a bit shaky, but as long as you know Miller's there steady, uh, I think they'll be fine. Uh, regards to the penalty kill and the power play, obviously Pittsburgh's penalty kill is elite, and the Rangers' power play is elite. Who do you see winning out that battle? Mm, boy. Um- that's a great question. It might depend who the Penguins, who they have in the lineup. I will say um, the Penguins traded Zach Aston Reese, part of the Raquel deal, and he was one of their best penalty killers. They've missed him a bit. Um, you know what I'm interested in uh, is the Penguins lineup. Uh, they're finally healthy, and they had Brian Boyle as a healthy scratch in Detroit on Saturday. I don't know if he will be in the lineup or not, but I can tell you he makes the Penguins PK a lot better when he is in the lineup. Um, so I'm curious to see if he gets the nod from Mike Sullivan. It's a great matchup, uh, but the Rangers, I don't think you're going to completely shut down that power play. Um, they just have so many weapons. Um, it's on paper, certainly one of the best power plays in hockey. So I always figure the power plays in the playoffs, uh, they're probably going to fare well, especially in a series like this. You have so much talent. You know, you're only going to get so many power plays. So the top unit maybe stay out for the full two minutes in the playoffs a little more than they would in the regular season. The Rangers will probably have some success uh, just because the Penguins PK has not been as good uh, in the last month or so. I don't think they're vulnerable there, but it hasn't been quite as dominant. But uh, it certainly will be quite the battle. And, And going back to what you were talking about just a minute ago, I have to mention 
the Rangers blue line, like we know what Fox brings to the table. And, and Truba's been really good in games against the Penguins. But Miller's the guy that jumps out to me. Like, it's night and day from last year to now. Like, like he looks like a really impactful player to me. He, he's just a monster out there, and he's talented. Um, He has given that blue line, I think, just, just from my vantage point, uh, they've kind of taken things up another notch, and I think he's a big, big part of it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, him, you know, his emergence on the blue line has helped the Rangers' defense completely. Um, yes. With Fox, it, it just seemed to be that he was a little over – he was worn out because uh, he is, you know, number one power play. A lot of those times, you know, it happens. Uh, but I would expect, you know, come playoff time, he's, you know, freshened up. Who on the Pittsburgh Penguins does it seem that they could use a little bit of a break before the playoffs – Oh boy. Well, that, that's a tough one to answer because there's, there's probably a lot of guys that could, that they've got a lot of older guys, but then they've been hurt half the year too. So like a guy like Malkin, he's only played half the season. He, he's fresh as can be. Uh, and Latang is the guy that never really looks tired. Same with Crosby. Um, one guy I will mention, I keep going back to Brian Dumoulin. I'm telling you, he, he looks worn out. He, he looks a step slow. He looks tired. And that Rangers forecheck gave him so many problems in the last three matchups. Um, he looks like a guy that could use some time off. I'm actually curious to see if Mike Sullivan uh, rests any of his players here. Penguins have three games left against the Flyers and then uh, a couple of home games against the Oilers and Blue Jackets. Those games might mean nothing to the Penguins. Maybe they want to avoid Florida and make sure they play the Rangers. Who knows? But they're not going to start the season at home. I'm curious, and, and I will say this. Uh, the Penguins have played two really good games this week. They beat the Bruins, who uh, just beat the Rangers, and the Bruins are a team that always gives the Penguins fits. They do not like playing against them, but they shut them out, and they had their way with the Red Wings. And I bring that up because uh, the Penguins have just had four days off. They were off Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday this week. You never see teams get four days off in a row this time of year with the way the schedule works out. And I've had numerous guys on the Penguins tell me we really needed that. Like they, they were just fried mentally and physically. So maybe we'll start them, uh, start to see them play a little bit better. So in regards to Crosby, um, you mentioned that, you know, you're with them in the locker room sometimes. What is it like speaking to a guy like him? Well, people often ask me about him and, uh, He's probably the most hated man in the sport, especially when we're in places like Philly or New York. It's always, <laughs> you know, a boo fest. Um, <clears throat> but I, I can tell you, I, I've covered him for, God, 13 years now. The nicest human being you will ever meet in your life. He um, he is a real pro. He just gets it. I, I can't tell you how many times I have seen him interact with people over the years. I've never seen him be rude. Um, he, he always has time for people, uh, after games, especially on the road, there's always people that want to meet him. There's always celebrities that want to meet him. Um, so many times I will see kids in wheelchairs or disabled people who, who just want to say hi to him. And he has so much time for everybody and treats everybody with such dignity in respect uh it's it's been a privilege covering him over the years he he just gets it you know he he knows how to treat people he was raised properly um genuinely good person and it's um and he's so down to earth 
Like if, if you met him, he would just be nice to you and, and talk to you about, about the Rangers and tell you how good they were. And yeah, it's just how he is. He, 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 he does not um, have some massive ego just because of who he is. Right. No, it's just, it's very interesting. Cause like people like watch the game all the time. They live or like on the TV, but they don't realize like, you know, these are actual people. Like they have these, <laughs> I know it's funny to say, but a lot of people yeah. are like, it's, it's, you know, these are actually people and like, you know, some of them are terrific and some of them, you know, not, uh, some of them are a bit tough, but you know, it just seems like with Crosby, um, I know, you know, I, of course, us Rangers fans hate him, uh, but that's because he's good. But like, no, it's just nice to hear, like, you know, the leaders of the NHL, like, are, you know, uh, are like that. And um, it's just being around regarding the Pittsburgh locker room. What's the, what's the feel there? Like, are they like ready to take on the radio? Like, what's the feel there regarding the playoffs? You know, well, it's funny. First of all, we're still not allowed in locker rooms technically. So we don't really get to talk with players quite the way we normally would pre-COVID. But I'll tell you what the storyline in Pittsburgh is going to be. Um, Evgeny Malkin is an unrestricted free agent this summer. And Crystal Tang is an unrestricted free agent this summer. Uh, for that matter, so is Brian Rust. And so are all three of those guys going to come back next season? No, I don't think so. In fact, I if I had to guess, I, I think Latang might go too. Um, I suspect Malkin will come back, but this is uh, kind of the last dance for those guys altogether. You know, Crosby, Malkin, and Latang have been together since 2006. Um, they're all really close friends off the ice. Um, this might be their last chance to make a run together. I suspect that it will be. Um, Latang has had a great year, and with the way defensemen get paid. Someone's going to give him eight or nine million a year. And I don't know that the Penguins want to do that at age 35 with him. Um, so, and even Malkin, it's not a guarantee he's going to be back. So that that's going to be the storyline. This, this incredible run of Penguins hockey, they've made the playoffs 16 consecutive seasons. They've won three cups, made up to four finals. They've done all these great things. And this is probably the last time this group will be together. So I, I assure you, they do not want to go out with a whimper in the first round, um, right. but they are also very well aware of how good these other teams are. And it's a young man's league and they know it and they're not young anymore. So it's uh, an interesting dynamic. And if it is Pittsburgh and New York, uh, don't you know that ABC and ESPN are going to be all over this series? So I, I'm expecting oh, yeah. some afternoon hockey for the first round. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, from a Rangers perspective, it's fantastic. Like, you know, we haven't had a play Rangers run uh, since uh, we got, you know, an epic fail versus Ottawa, really. We were supposed to play you guys in the Eastern Conference Finals, but we kind of That's basically, right. we beat ourselves in that series is kind of basically to put it in 2017. Uh, I think we were up five to three in one game with two minutes left and two nothing or, and then another four to two in another game. And we lost both in overtime, which was, oh, it was a disaster. But um, regarding the Penguins, do they have a problem with holding leads or being behind, or they're just resilient one way or another? Oh, boy. You know, if you look at their numbers, they're actually pretty good when they have leads at the end of the second period, as most teams are. But the Penguins are like, they're a strange team. They're not really a good situational hockey team. Like, okay, when you're up 4-2 with 10 minutes left, you know, you're supposed to be getting the puck deep and kind of burning the clock and, and not take chances. They're the exact opposite. They they just want to beat you six to two. 
So you'll see their defensemen pinching. Like, what are you doing? You're giving up two-on-ones when you're up 4-2 with 10 minutes left. That's kind of how they play. Like, they they just don't use common sense all that, all that well at times on the ice, which is strange because they're an old team with Stanley Cup experience. you think they wouldn't be that way. But they'll let you back into a game when they have a lead. And at the same time, if they're down 3-1 with 10 minutes left, they're still scary. You know, that they, they can explode. And one thing about the Penguins, it's actually, it's just a weird little quirk. I've never looked up the numbers, but it's always been this way my whole lifetime, really, and especially with this team. Um, when they get one goal, uh, there's often another one coming two minutes later. They're just a team that they just thrive on scoring. You know, they, they, they have this binge ability when they get hot. Um, so they're just, they're a funny team to prepare for, but they certainly do have their flaws as well. So I, I don't really know what to expect from the Penguins. I can tell you expectations in Pittsburgh are not super high for this team. I think everyone's seen the Stanley cup teams. They know what a cup team looks like and they kind of feel like this team isn't quite there, um, which might well be the case. And then there's just the reality that the Eastern conference, I mean, man, it is just such of a bear. It really is. So. Uh, the, the playoffs are going to be unbelievable, and I, I have no idea what to expect, quite honestly. It, so you mentioned they're, you know, they're, it's tougher than to play against physical teams, but speedy teams or uh, those speedy teams. I mean, obviously the Rangers are kind of a four-checking team, and mm-hmm. with Andrew Kopp coming in, he like perfectly fit that mold. I was speaking to a Winnipeg's uh, podcast, and they said that was exactly what he did. Um, for checking for you guys, is that a problem or is that something that the Pittsburgh Penguins handle well? Um, against the Rangers, they haven't handled it very <laughs> right. well. That's there's no doubt about that, and historically, it's not. And and I'll tell you what, one really really big factor could be in the Rangers' favor. Uh, Tristan Jari is one of the best puck handling goalies in the league. Uh, he can be difficult to generate a four check against because he handles, he'll just dump the puck right out. He handles it so well. Uh, Casey to Smith does not handle the puck particularly well. I wouldn't say he's terrible at it, but it's not a strength. Um, so that really will, I would think, aid the Rangers a little bit if they want to play that game. Uh, you're not just going to dump and chase against Tristan Jari against a Smith. You probably are. Um, but it's a problem. And I'm telling you, the Penguins are a little soft on the blue line. Uh, Dumoulin has played soft this year. Pedersen and Marino are really soft. So that, that that's an issue for the Penguins. You can really attack them, I think, in front of the net and on the forecheck in general. And, the, you know, it's funny. The Rangers, when I think of them, I think of all the talent they have and all the speed they have. But when you see them play in person especially, you appreciate – you guys watch them play every game. Like, you appreciate – they're a pretty big team and that they they can win a lot of physical battles. Like, they're – there's nothing soft about them. So um, just from that standpoint, I think in general, they're a tough matchup for the Penguins. Um, I have to mention this. I'm uh, sorry for putting you on the spot, but the whole Rangers would kill me if I didn't mention it. What do you think of the Angelo hit? Uh, the Angelo hit? Um, I didn't think it was that bad. I, I, I mean, I can understand if I'm a Rangers fan, I might be a little sensitive to it. I, I thought it was a penalty, but I didn't think it was anything suspension worthy or anything along those lines. And you, you won't even see Angelo in this series. He's about the Penguin 16th forward. Um, he, you know, they were really banged up and dealing with a lot of illnesses, which is why he was in the game. So 
I get why they didn't like it, especially the way the game was going. And watching it live, I thought it was really bad. I was like, uh-oh, what, what just happened there? Then I saw the replay, and I, you know, I didn't think it was that terrible. I thought it was an interference penalty, but not much more. Right. Yeah, no, for us, like, Tower Mott, um, I, I don't know if you mentioned during the Pittsburgh game in that game specifically, but basically on the BK, he absolutely transformed it for us. I mean, we're not talking about a guy who would just dump – the pocket and a PK we're talking about that would skate the other way all the way to the other side then would pass it back to the Rangers player and then they would pass it back to him it was like mm-hmm. a, a bit of the Globetrotters there and that no. was that's to be huge for a Pittsburgh team Penguins team who obviously the the power play numbers you know they kind of lie in this season because they haven't been fully healthy but just right. it would seem such a great asset for the Rangers um but in regards to uh two more things before we go What's the uh, story that you tell everyone regarding the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, if you, when you were in the locker room or anything like that? Oh, a story about anyone or what any, any, uh, an, inter- an interesting one? Well, uh, I mean, I have a million Crosby stories. We, we were talking about just the human being that he is. Um, it, it's been a pleasure to cover him over the years, especially on the road, especially in Canada. Like, when you're around Crosby in Canada, like, it's like the Beatles just showed up. Like, he really is royalty there. And I'll never forget, it was before the Olympics. I think it was 2014, the Sochi Olympics. We were in Calgary, and it was it had to be minus 30 degrees. I swear, I mean, it was unbelievably cold. And I'm walking out of the arena, and the Penguins are getting on their bus. And in Calgary, there's this big steep hill by the buses, and there's a fence behind the hill there are these like four kids holding Crosby signs like for the Olympics behind the fence and he literally sprinted up like through the snow like this big dangerous steep hill just to like shake their hands and pose for a picture with them I was like he's just not your normal superstar like the way he treats people um it's I mean hockey players in general as we know are good guys but he like he really goes above and beyond to to give everybody a little bit of his time he's just different that way Right. And I know we said two things, just one more thing before the final question. Uh, you mentioned Jari with his stick handling. I mean, obviously, Shesterkin, we're all waiting for him to score a goal one of these days. Uh, yeah. He got robbed. He he missed. Oh, he was so close. When he first Ottawa, I don't know if you saw the highlight, but he shot it up. It, it literally hit center ice, but it, it hits. I don't know if it was on a spinning or something on a curve, and it just missed the net by like an inch, two inches. Oh, it was the most frustrating thing in the world. Um Is- as yeah. if he isn't talented enough, he's so good at handling the puck. It's almost not fair. Oh, I mean, he, really? He, they post practices of him, like, doing one-timers. You think it's a regular <laughs> NHL player? Like, is there anything this guy can't do? It's crazy. No, it, it's funny you mentioned that. I covered Marc-Andre Fleury for a decade, and any time the Penguins would have a two, and he's not good at handling the puck at all. But that did not stop him from trying to score a goal every time the Penguins had a two-goal lead and the other team pulled the goalie. He has not done it yet, but I know he he will keep trying until the day he retires. So I was always very amused to watch that. And uh, Jari's tried a couple of times as well. Uh, has not pulled it off yet, but uh, Shostirkin, that's it's funny. When I asked Mike Sullivan about Shostirkin, the very first thing he mentions is his ability to handle the puck. My coaches always are so aware of that, and that's just – one more weapon that that guy has. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm sure the coaches know because the dump and chase doesn't work that well on the Rangers unless you get it onto nope. those trapezoids on the corners. Because Jesse's, I mean, you seem just passing it through the neutral zone for Panarin on a breakaway or a Lafrenia. That, that just, that shouldn't be able to happen. 
but it, yeah. it does. So last question before we go off here. Um, if the Rangers win, what do you see the games going to? And if the Pittsburgh Penguins win this series, what do you think it goes to? Well, I mean, if the Penguins win this series, it, you know, it's going to be six or seven games. I, I don't think they're going to show up and just steamroll the Rangers. And I, I certainly would favor New York in this series. Uh, my gut would tell me maybe Rangers in six, something like that. I, I, I think the Penguins will put up a fight. I, you know, they have not played well during the past month, but there's still a lot of talent and a lot of pride on that team. And I'm sure they will give the Rangers some fits, but I, man, the way the Rangers are going right now, I, they just don't strike me as a team that's going to lose in the first round of the playoffs. I just, I just feel like they have so much momentum and so much going for them. Um, it's going to be hard for the Penguins to keep up. So I, I don't see it being a short series, but I, I certainly give the Rangers the edge the way things stand right now. So, Josh, before we leave, you want to post in your Twitter handle, what you do for the Athletic, all that? Oh, sure. Yeah, I yeah. cover the Penguins for the Athletic. Just you know, I'm sure most of your listeners know about the Athletic by now. And we've got some great New York writers, too. The great thing about the Athletic is uh, if you sign on, and by the way, it's only a dollar a month right now. We have a sale, so you can't really beat that. Um, you get to read every hockey writer around the league, no matter who your favorite team is. So, uh, so we certainly uh, appreciate all the business. What's my Twitter handle? I think it's Josh Yoey underscore PGH, something like that. It's going go about it. I, I post it in every description of the podcast also. Um, <laughs> I also, I have it here actually. Uh, at Josh Yo uh, underscore PGH. Yeah. There is. I, I knew my Twitter handle. See, there we go. So, so the, the, there is that. Um, so yeah. Um, but now the athletic, I, I'm biased because I work for them, but it, it's a really great site. And, uh, we have so many good hockey writers, whether your thing is, uh, storytelling or analytics or anywhere in between. Uh, we, we, we definitely have you covered. All righty, Josh, thank you so much again for coming on. Uh, hopefully some other time yeah, we can have you. you on and, uh, guys, we'll see you soon. Let's go Rangers. All right.